Are you working? What kind of work do you do? All right, cool. Here we go. Uh, welcome back. Morse Code Podcast. I'm here. Soap's here. Uh, another incredible guest. I'm going to kick it to Soap just to kind of get this thing rolling. You were the one who was able to, uh, to secure this spot. So, uh, Soap, what do we got today, man? Yeah, so um, obviously I got to give a, sh- a big shout out to Nick Gelso, previous guest, um, maybe re- recurring guest, depending on his choice. But anyways, uh, Nick helped us get in touch with a finals MVP for the Celtics, 1981, two-time title winner, now voice of the Celtics on 98.5 The Sports Hub, Mr. Cedric Cornwell, Cornbread Maxwell. <laughs> how are you sir i'm doing fine gentlemen i'm just sitting here on this pandemic day looking out just like you guys and just relax aren't we all 94 degrees here in boston we can't complain today my goodness my goodness so i mean here we go you mentioned it (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic uh, from a sports Mm -hmm. perspective certainly like nothing i'm sure any of us have ever seen or been a part of you're obviously a much bigger part of this thing than, you know, people like we are. You're with the team. You're the voice of the team, as Sophie said. Um, I figured we'd just kind of quickly kind of kick off. I know, obviously, you're not, you don't have to worry about going down into the bubble and deal with all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just talk about this going into the playoffs in general. Um, what, what do you think about the Celtics team in general? We talked with someone last week. It seems like they're pretty healthy, especially COVID-wise. Um, what, what are kind of your, uh, your takes and, and how, how far you can see the Celtics have a legitimate run going into the summer? Well, I think that one thing that happens with this COVID and the possibility of a guy getting COVID and being Mm -hmm. out for a couple of weeks, I think the Celtics, because they're not a shorthanded team, they're, I think, the deepest team right now in the NBA, they could afford to lose a player. Whereas you think about the Lakers lost somebody like a LeBron or if somebody, if you know, say there was – you're talking about Giannis. If Giannis left the Milwaukee Bucks, what would happen? So mm-hmm. I think because the Celtics are a deep team uh, with the players that they have, mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, they, they can get a lot of traction if they get on the road. Uh, the only thing that concern me right now would seem, seem to be Kimba. Uh, Kimba's yeah. knee, and they keep talking about it flaring up, and he's been out now for practically almost two and a half, three months. Uh, so you definitely will be concerned because you think of he's resting it during this time that, you know, it'd be fully, it'd be fully healed again. But as an old, older player, when those, uh, when you have some black, you have some, um, ball spots in your tires, you guys should know about that. You know, your car's not going to run as well. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so cool. Now we're, we're all excited. So what's it going to look like from a radio perspective? How, how are you guys calling the games exactly? Logistically? Uh, we are doing the games uh, at the garden, actually, nice. uh, okay, in, cool. in, in, in the office there, not at, not inside on the floor, yeah. but uh, in the office. Celtics have an office there and they're going to mm-hmm. link us to a live feed from the bubble. Uh, okay. and, and matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty happy I'm not going to be there. I think yeah. it would be really weird. Uh, to be there with no fans, uh, mm-hmm. no fan noise behind me. So, uh, and it's going to be just as weird sitting, sitting across from Sean Grandy, my broadcast partner, mm-hmm. uh, doing the games and uh, in a room just watching on TV and then sending that that uh, that sound back out over the uh, radio uh, yeah. airway. It's going to be uh, it's it's going to be a little disconcerting, uh, yeah. but happy to see that the NBA has. Uh, at least they have found a way to kind of get this thing going to complete the season. Because mm-hmm. I would not want to see uh, a guy like LeBron not get an opportunity. Uh, yep. You know, it to be older. It's the older players. Uh, Jason Tatum's and the Browns, you know, I'm not as concerned. They'll get other opportunities. But the LeBron James of the world or, or Kimba of the world, those older players, mm-hmm. you don't want to miss out on a complete year of uh, NBA basketball or yeah. being in the playoffs. No, I was gonna say, um, I don't know if you've seen some photos. Looks like looks like Braun's getting a little gray in the beard. 
He's getting I, up there. <laughs> He's got the salt and pepper going for real. I think, yeah. I think that LeBron, I think that LeBron's embracing it now, finally. Mm, you know, that finally. Become an older player, you know. You know, for one time it was putting the, you know, dark stuff in his hair. And then it was like the receding hairline. Eventually, LeBron, you just got to give it up. And, you know, but the mm -hmm. thing about it, father time is not lost yet. He nope, is undefeated. Not, and if he hasn't lost yet, he's sitting there waiting in the house to knock you out. So I think that's the case. There was yeah. one offseason that's hilarious you bring it up. LeBron's hairline went from here to like here. Like that. Yeah. It was it was impressive. I was like, wow. I'm surprised he you didn't dead. do that earlier. He's that damn Doctor, good. Doctor, that, that's called that's called those commercials you see, guys. If if you're losing <laughs> your hair right now, call Doctor yep. such and such. And, yep. oh, we can do some implants or whatever it is. I just think that guys <laughs> just get a little too vain from time to time. I can understand he's a you know older guy, but uh, it's just really weird kind of seeing LeBron James still trying to fight Father Time. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a good point, though, because I, I agree with you 100% with we've said on the show before, especially this summer, LeBron drives the league. You know, if LeBron, I think LeBron was one of the guys that came out and either got sick or was pushing for not to restart the season. I think they would strongly consider looking at that. Someone I think it was Lou Williams was he the one who came out and said, hey, if LeBron wants to play, we're going to play. That, that's pretty much as easy as it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that was. It wasn't Lou Williams that actually said it. It was his counterpart. Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, gosh, what oh, is Pat it? Oh, Pat Beverly? Patrick Beverly. That, that's who it was. Pat, I knew it was, was a Clippers. One yeah, yeah, yeah. said it. He's <laughs> like, if LeBron wants to play, then we're going to play. We're I'm playing. Like, yeah. <laughs> How are you going? This guy's on another team, and you're going like, well. But LeBron, yeah. has, you know, I think he's, he's arguably right now still the best player in the league mm -hmm. uh, after all these years. And. I mm -hmm. think with all these social issues, LeBron, LeBron James to me has become really the GOAT of everything that I've seen because, yeah. hmm. you know, everybody goes LeBron James. LeBron, what, what do you think? How do you feel? And for a guy who didn't go to college, uh, yeah. who wasn't educated like that, he speaks so well. And I'm so proud to see that he steps up and is able to take and secure that microphone without, you know, getting a misstep uh you know you think lebron james has been absolutely amazing his career yeah uh, for him to that's a good point. For, as long as he's played what do we think about the, his misfought you know it was the decision that he made it's when so it funny went, you mention that we, other, we, we other had a than, whole episode other, just about that other than that you think about what has lebron really not done he's mm -hmm. won multiple championships the hype with him coming in and the reality They've kind of mashed together because he has been that next chosen one, and uh, uh, the the king is is was a good name to give. Mm -hmm. That's fun. <clears throat> it's funny you say uh, you know he's fighting Father Time, and so far he's looking good in the fight. Speaking of Father Time, I got a little watch on. Uh oh, you know where I'm going with this, right? Oh, that must be the is that your finals MVP watch? <laughs> This is my this is my regular season. Uh, actually, this is Depoy, <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year watch. Okay. But this okay. is uh, but this is a 2020 version. Oh. Tell us about 81. Man, if you guys had time, if, you know what? I'd actually go in there and get the watch and bring it back <laughs> out here so you could actually see it. You know, y'all want to pause for a second? I grab the watch. Yeah, go get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Hold on a second, gentlemen. I'm gonna go grab the watch. I know <laughs> you're it's the man. A good handy play. <laughs> So as uh, I guess for our radio audience, as Cedric's going to uh, <laughs> grab the or grab the watch, um, really interesting stuff though on on LeBron. It's funny because you know if you listen to our show, we we said a lot of similar things about what the hell, what has this guy done <laughs> to get like all this hate? And we said the decision sounds like Cedric Maxwell said the same thing. Um, oh, so yeah. those are some really good intel on uh, on LeBron James, and he's oh, back. Yeah. He's back from All the right. safe. He's I'm back. back. It, it looks like he's got it in a cigar box, like Dude, something super fancy. Dude, this is not even a safe. Okay, this is the best thing about this. Best <laughs> thing about this thing was the box yeah. that came came on. This is the MVP box that it came yeah. with. Yeah. It's, that, that was the best thing. And then when you go there, you're like, okay, they're going to – then they give you this black thing right here, and you're thinking like, man, 
a Rolex doesn't necessarily fit in this. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> this thing's and looking a little skinny for a Rolex. Whip this puppy out oh, of you going. Come on. Are, you, are you kidding me? That was a disrespectful. La a lady's watch? Is this yeah. <laughs> and then the name it has on top of it? Seiko? Is oh, my God. Thing? I Don't mean, try and hide it. On NBA, really. I mean, Goodness the only gracious. thing we found out recently, I talked to somebody about it. We looked at the watch, yeah. and the only good thing about it was the fact it was somebody was looking and said it was a twenty-four karat gold. Uh, mm. That's that's what was plated. But this is how thin <laughs> this is. And you think I walked to LeBron James right now and said, "Yo, man, you got one of these?" He'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> You got one of these. Kobe, did you, Kobe, did you get one of these? I mean, yeah. all you guys, did you, did you actually have one of these, Michael? Any, any, yeah, any yeah. of these? I'm the most unique person right now winning the MVP award. Hakeem, Shaq, what you got? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so who won, who won regular season MVP that year? Do you remember? Oh, God, regular season MVP in 1981. I look it up. I'm just curious what they got. You know, I don't know if it was, was it – you know, Dr. J, was it Larry? Mm -hmm. uh, it had to be one of those guys. Dr. J, Larry, maybe Magic. It had to be one of those guys. I really don't know. 1991, who 1982. It looks like Dr. J. Okay, I was going to say, whoever it is, I hope that they just got like a, like a really nice ballpoint pen or something. Man, that would be <laughs> That's no, a retirement I, gift, I would not an MVP trophy. I think like maybe some chewing gum or something would be good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. With, yeah, be with nice their name engraved in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lip gloss or you know, maybe a can <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. On the box, do you, is your name engraved on that? Like how, how long after the finals did you receive the gift? Mm. Um the I got that uh, maybe a week after. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I flew to New York. Uh, I was on Good Morning America. I was on another show. Uh, in the afternoon and realized the NBA was 1981 was just kind of kicking in good because the finals, the finals at that time were take the lead. They weren't even live. Mm, that's incredible. So that's how, <laughs> that's how that, that's how the NBA moved from 1981 being in the finals there to 1984 being in the finals with the Lakers. Just mm. a, it was like, it was like, you know, essentially like night and day. Yeah. So th that's when it started live 84. So when, well, it started live before that, uh -huh. um, a couple years before that. But uh, 1981 was the last time it was. It was, uh, yeah, it was. It was done like this. No engravement on it was just. It was just a very nice box, mm -hmm. and the engravement you guys can't. You might be able to see it, but that was the yeah. engraving right there. Barely can see it. Make it out. And Does I that say sport it. magazine? Yeah, sports magazine MVP finals. Uh, Let's see, sports magazine, sports magazine, NBA Finals, MVP Awards, Cedric Maxwell, Boston Celtics, 1981. I had, uh, you know, must, about a year ago, I opened this box and I had to use some Gorilla Glue to put this thing back up here. <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you that. I got, I got screwed. That's all. Hey, at least at least they could have sent you the the maintenance kit as well with some with some gorilla glue and some polish. Yeah, like a mini screwdriver. The coolest thing about all this was it was <laughs> last year at some point I was uh, I had told a couple players about this mm -hmm. and I actually bought the watch and the box to a game and showed it to Jason Tatum, showed it to Jalen Brown, a couple other players, and they just said. Dude, you, you were the problem. Come on, serious? That's what they gave you. But let me tell you, the one of the most unique things about it being a Finals MVP was uh, it had to be about eight years ago, maybe a little bit more. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, who had played with the Celtics, I, I was like a mentor to him. Uh, he was playing with OKC, and so after the game, I walked into uh, the visitors' locker room to say something to Perk. So as I'm walking in, I said, Perk, you owe me some damn money. And Westbrook and Harden, they were sitting there together, and they were kind of looking like, "Oh, you." And Perk just turned to me and said, "I don't give a damn if you were the Finals MVP." And they looked at me like, "Who the hell is this?" 
who just walking in here? <laughs> he had no idea. So I think that was wow. the, that's the cool thing to be about finals MVP and yeah. being and, and being me. The most unique thing was the one, the only finals MVP never to be on the All Star team, and mm. two, the only finals MVP never to be in the Hall of Fame. So so those are the wow. unique studies I have. That's crazy because you were such an integral part and you're putting up some numbers on, um, you know, those title teams and for your whole Celtics run. Yeah, yeah, it did happen. But, you know, there's always that one person or that one thing that's going to be left out. So yeah. I don't I don't harbor any uh, malice towards it. I look at some guys who are going in now and I'm thinking like, well, if he went in, then, you know, it's like mm -hmm. Dino Roger, Dino Roger who played with the Celtics. Uh, he did it. He was a, a international recipient uh, mm. because he played. Uh, I think I'm going to say Croatia. Yeah. Won a couple of championships there. When they told me that he was that Dino Raja had won it, I said, "You know what, dudes? I'm from France right now. That's where I'm from. I want to <laughs> <laughs> be yes. from France. Not from North Carolina. I'm from France. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no animosity. It is the Hall of Fame is one thing, but to have your number retired as you guys have we talked before in the rafters in Boston. Yep. I said yep. that at my induction when they pulled my jersey up to the top, my number to the top, and I said, no offense at all to uh, the Hall of Fame in uh, Springfield, but the Hall of Fame is right here. If you look mm -hmm. at those numbers, yep. the select few that I was with, and you know, Bill Russell and uh, Casey Jones and John Havlicek and JoJo White, Dave Cowens, uh, you know, Paul Pierce now, yeah. uh, Kevin Garnett. These are Hall of Famers that, you know, I think surpass, if you put them together, they surpass any class that you'd want to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No one's going to wear that 31 again. Mm -mm. No. Actually, good, Wait, good point. Well, you know what? Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. That might, that could have been questioned right then that we're in 31 <laughs> because – uh, the year the Celtics won it, I want to say in 08 or whatever, wherever they won it. Yeah. A year later, they wanted to go out and they were trying to have uh, Reggie Miller come back out of retirement. Oh. And Reggie Miller wore 31. I was like, Reggie, come on, come on, come on back, man. You can wear 31. I, I wouldn't wow. care at all. Yeah. So, well, you no, you could have gotten a watch out of him at least. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what they could have got, but they could have got something out of that. But, but he uh, and I, I tease him even to this day when I see him. I said, "Dude, I can still pull that thirty-one down." He said, "Oh, I'm okay, legend. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good." <laughs> what was there any significance to number thirty-one, growing up or anything uh, like that? No, uh, yeah. significance actually was more or less with thirty-three. Uh, <laughs> when I got here initially, I wore number thirty. Yeah, uh, thirty-three <laughs> was my number in college, and. Oh. The first time I got here, Steve Gaversky uh, had yeah. the number 33. And they gave me the number 30 when I got here. And they cut Steve the same year. And and if I had known that, I would have taken 33 at the time. It was the mm -hmm. number I wanted. But uh, then, the, then I had 30. And then ML Carr came to the team, my good buddy. And he had a bunch of jewelry. He was from Detroit. So he wanted the number, he wanted number 30. So I was like, sure, take it. And that's when they gave me 31 and, and the rest is history. Hold on. You mentioned jewelry in Detroit. Did he give you some some jewelry in exchange for the number? Yeah, like a high five. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know so, a lot of players now, when uh, when you get into that situation, they pay each other off for oh, yeah. to get like, the it, number. It just happened with uh, Brady. And I've heard people say that about things, but I was more or less like just happy to be on the team. Yeah. So for him to say, and he was a free agent coming in, mm -hmm. I didn't care. I did, didn't care. He came to me, to, you know, do you mind if I have that? Man, take the number. It, it, it really didn't have any importance to me at that time. It was just a number that, you know, I wore my first time in the league. So speaking of 33, Mm -hmm. and uh, Celtics team from that era. So, Sopi, you, you came across something the other day you wanted to mention. That I you did. Um, so, Cedric, I, I heard you talking to Jeff Goodman, Bob Ryan, mentioning mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, with all this downtime during the quarantine, you know, you're talking about your relationship with, with Larry. Um, 
Did you ever get around to calling him this summer? No, I, I did not yet, but I'm probably going to do that maybe this week. And the reason I said that is um, there always seemed to be at the very, after we got through playing, we never had that one play. There was some animosity, and it wasn't on my part, or it was from Larry's part. I don't know what, whatever it started, and I think it might have started when um, I said that I was on the air one day, and I said that uh, Kevin Garnett was the best all-around self ever to play. And uh, my good buddy at that time, Greg Dixon, who was doing uh, doing something for Comcast, uh, asked Larry, so Larry, uh, Cedric said that, uh, I don't know why he asked him this, Cedric said that uh, Greg Dickinson, he said that, you know, you went on to say that Kevin Garnett was the best play, best all-around player. And Larry got upset about it for whatever reason. But I wasn't, it's no kicking it, Larry, but I think if you look at it, offensively, Kevin Garnett is not far behind Larry Bird. I can see an argument for sure. Yeah, Kevin Garnett is not far behind Bill Russell defensively. So if you mm -hmm. want to say the best all-around player maybe to ever to wear the Celtics jersey, I mm -hmm. think that you could easily say that. So uh, by that, I don't know if somebody's feathers got ruffled or whatever it was, mm -hmm. but uh, I heard Larry say a couple of things. And uh, I did get a chance to speak to Larry maybe about three years ago, I think when the Celtics played uh, – Indiana Pacers. Larry was in the building. And I said, is Larry here? And he was in the back. And I went back. I said, LB, what's going on, man? How you doing? And I got a chance to speak to him. But I didn't get a chance to speak to him in length about, uh, you know, about how I felt. And uh, especially with this pandemic, that yeah. it was, it, it really defies logic right now to have any enemies at all over mm -hmm. trivial bullshit. You, you yep. don't, you know, yeah. and that's that was so he was a great teammate uh won multiple championships with him and uh so that's why i went that's why i said what i said and he asked me was anything i regretted and and that's the only thing i think i've regretted just not having a uh a really really tight relationship with larry and and we wouldn't be like boys where we'd be going out because i don't drink beer or mm -hmm. or you know our, our lives are completely different i like playing scrabble larry probably likes going hunting so we, we, we got two different so or shoveling I, that, his driveway. Yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't work. So yeah. but but just to have a thing where I could call him and say, How you doing, man? How you feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, da, 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 like I do with most of my teammates. I've yeah. had a podcast with Robert Parrish. I mm -hmm. did one with um, uh, ML Carr. I did one with uh, Ray Allen. So just those those legends of, of the Celtics, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm one of the few people who's left right now that I just always want to have that connection with players that I played with from the past, especially a great player like Larry. Yeah, no, I I think I obviously I've I've heard that before. It has got a it, it at some point it's just a it's a respect thing. You know, you battled with these guys for so long. You can call Larry up anytime and shoot the shit. Or, you know, yeah. if hey, you need something, vice versa. It's kind of like that brotherhood, I guess, of of the well, NBA. Yeah. That is really good, and that's why I've made the point about Kevin Garnett and Ray mm. Allen, two mm. guys who won a championship together, two yeah. two great players, so two of the greatest players in NBA history. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden have some kind of knick-knack feud over some – because yeah. Ray decided that he wanted to go to play with um, Miami. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, it was a great decision for him. And, uh, you know, maybe not for the Celtics, but – Business, one thing we look at, even in the Godfather music, Godfather uh, movie, <laughs> yeah. what they said was, you know, hey, it's just business. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, 100%. It's just business. And when he left, it was, it, it was just business. He decided to go yeah. where he felt like he could win a championship. And if you look at it, the Celtics looked like they were going in another way. Avery Bradley was now starting in front of Ray. And then you coupled out with Jason Terry. They went in and went out and got him. So Ray was just looking like where will, what direction is this team going in? So is that how you saw it when it happened in real time? You, you saw it from the business side, not the emotional side? I yeah, did. okay. I, well, well, I did too. Well, the reason I saw it because it was the same way when I got traded. Right. It was a business decision. Um, mm -hmm. I had played eight, eight years here 
started for seven of those years. And then Kevin McHale was coming on, mm -hmm. my gangbuster. So they wanted an opportunity to showcase Kevin without having me or anybody in his way to develop. And it worked out well for them to do that. And it was a business decision. And the only mm -hmm. thing I always said about when I got traded was, all I wanted the subject to do was wish me the best, like I wish them the best. At yeah. the end of the day, that's all. That's I, I, you don't you don't get caught up into this whole business aspect of like, oh, this guy didn't do this, and this didn't happen. No, we mm -hmm. won multiple championships together, and at the end of the day, you have to look at this is what the NBA. It is a business, and yeah. if you try to do anything else other than that, then you're going to make a mistake. But what if they sent you to the Lakers instead of the Clippers? Uh, well, that year when I got traded, yeah, being with the Clippers, I got booed in every city I played in <laughs> that year, yeah. except Boston. Because yeah. <laughs> when they introduced me, when I went to the Clippers, yeah, I got just, you know, it's the home team, and mm -hmm. I played with Norm Nixon and Marcus Johnson, a couple of guys, and they, they come in, they, they would cheer for them. Yeah, and then yeah. they, my name would come up and was like, boo, boo. Oh, man. Went over and played against the Lakers when I was with the Clippers and boo. Yep. So it was, you know, it was what it was. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of that era, Max, um, you as a, a guy who's, you know, played in that era and now are involved in the uh, broadcast of the current era, if mm -hmm. you had to take one player from the current era move them to the eighties just to see how they would fare against like the toughness. And I got Marcus an answer. Smart. Ooh, what, what, what about a guy that you think wouldn't do as well? Mm, that's pretty good. I hadn't thought about not doing as well. <clears throat> James like, Harden. Oh, <clears throat> you know what? I know you like to say James Harden, but you got to look at where these guys are shooting from. There were a couple of players. I talked to Michael Cooper. I had him. He was a great, uh, Laker player, and he said, well, I can stop James Harden. Dude, not from mm. where they're shooting from. Yeah. <laughs> right. These guys are shooting from half court. They're not shooting like the, the threes for us. We were hosting, you know, hoisting those things up. Right yeah, now, yeah. it's off their fingertips. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think a great player that I would say would, would struggle. I don't know because you, you think about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi in during the 80s. Oh, this would be a beast. Yeah. We had attacked the rim. LeBron, a, a beast. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick. You know who I think would have maybe a little bit more difficulty could be Jason Tatum. And the reason I say that because Jason Tatum so quick with the ball, hand checking, which they had during that time, maybe would slow him down a little bit. So Mm -hmm. from, from that standpoint, I would look at it that way. Now, Steph Curry, how quick he shoots, where he shoots from, how are you going How are you going to compete against him during the 80s? I mean, right. during the 80s, one thing that happened during my championship game, uh, 1981, championship game versus the Houston Rockets, in that game, in the entire game, there were six three-pointers Attempted, <laughs> attempted for the entire game. Yeah. So, so the game has changed so much, and Steph Curry has a lot to do that. We can say <laughs> James Harden, but where's James <laughs> Harden shooting from? <laughs> you know what? It, the crazy thing, look at it this way: the collection of players I've seen on one team would be OKC. You think about who they've had on that team. When you think about Harden. Westbrook and Durant, uh, Jeff Green, Serge Obaka. Yeah, I mean that that is, uh, Lamb. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about man, just a collection of guys that you're going. Three guys on that team were MVPs of the league, and that to me, that's great. That's how much that is crazy. They're OKC. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. funny um, when you said that you know guys are shooting from half court now and. Uh, you guys were hoisting back in the day just to get from like 23 feet. You did you watch the the Last Dance Bulls documentary? I saw part of it. I saw okay. part of it. There was a clip where they were showing their practice. Um, I guess they were playing horse or something. And so 
one of the shots that everyone was taking was probably like six feet behind the three-point line. And it looked like if you ever have like, if you ever got to take out the trash and the bag's too heavy and you're just like, you know, you got to sling that thing to get it into the yeah. dumpster. That's what those guys looked like. And that was in 98. Yeah. So like what you're saying <laughs> is so ago. funny and so true mm-hmm. about now these guys flick of the wrist and they're shooting from half court. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, people are getting, you think about it this way. People are coming to the Warriors game 30 minutes before the game just to see Steph Curry warm up. Yeah. And dude, literally, he is shooting like two feet past half court. You think mm-hmm. about the shot he had against OKC where OKC was, the score was tied, a couple of seconds. The guy was waiting for him at right there a couple of feet beyond the three-point line. He stops three feet beyond that and knocks mm-hmm. the shot down. Yep. Ice that, cold. That, that's happened with everybody. You know, here's a, here's a question. You guys are asking me one. I'll, I'll ask you. I'm going to change the table a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me your Mount Rushmore of sports. Your Mount Rushmore of sports. Can't be wrong. You get four, you get four people. You can fit pick, you can pick four different uh sports. You can pick them all from the same sport, but just give me a Mount Rushmore. In your backyard, you're building one right now. Your yeah, Mount Rushmore I am actually. would be okay. You get one, okay. <laughs> who 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 do you have back there going? Um Dan, I think Dan, you do two and I'll do two. No, well, no. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna overlap. No, no, no. <laughs> Respect, respect the question. Sorry, he's he's new to media. He's not like me and you, Cedric. Um, he wants, he I think there's a there's a couple like Universal. I think Jordan okay. has to be on it for obvious reasons. Okay. I'm trying to think like across sports from baseball. This is your this is yours. Isn't it? Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. So Jordan's up there. Jordan. I, I would put Brady up there. Okay. I would put. It's got it's got to be heavy basketball, football. So maybe I'm trying to think of another basketball. Honest, no, I'm not going to say LeBron. Um, maybe someone from that era, like Larry or Kareem, one of those okay. guys. And then baseball, for whatever reason, the only name that comes to mind for baseball is Babe Ruth, just because like so legendary, like stories. Now I haven't, I wasn't able to see him play live. Um, but just yeah, like the stories and everything. I couldn't even see that myself. <laughs> okay. So I would probably go, and I might have to make an adjustment. So like I said, I am, my wife and I are in the process of our landscapers building us a Mount Rushmore in our backyard. Okay, I got, I got so uh, we, uh, I'd go Jordan, Brady, Babe Ruth. I don't even know why that came to mind. I know I'm missing an obvious one. I'll just go Kareem for now. And then okay. Sophie can correct me where I'm wrong. Okay. All right. No, no, no correcting you. Oh, and, and Cedric that's, Maxwell, of course. That's your, no, no. You, you, got a, you got a fucked up Mount Rushmore <laughs> if I'm back there. Yeah. <laughs> so. a, a poor man's Mount Rushmore. Out there the you back. go. It was the discount one. <laughs> okay, next. You got, um, I got, I'm going to go Jordan, Brady, Tiger, and oh, Barry Bonds. Oh. T- Tiger is, is fair. Bonds. It's just too much controversy around it, and I'm a huge Barry Bonds fan. I went, I went, I love, I went kind of like that, but I went Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. Jordan, Tiger Woods, and then I went off the board with what I consider the greatest female athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. I went with Serena Williams. Yeah, and, uh, and that's fair because yeah, here's the thing about Mount Rushmore arguments: it's four p. It's way too small. It's way too limited. You know what yeah. I mean? That's why I think it's kind of the Mount Rushmore argument is so cliche and even like the speaking of the last dance all we hear about now is goat debates with lebron and jordan and who's better and they have a new freaking side-by-side chart every after every episode it's that that's so that's just too disrespectful to way too many people you know what i mean to have a here's my four top athletes in the history you can never do it we don't give a damn about that this is this is why i ask people i just want to get their opinion and it's really because i talked to a guy who was from india Mm-hmm. And he picked somebody who was in cricket. I yeah. talk, and he picked somebody, Michael Schumacher. And then mm-hmm. there was another person who picked, uh, who went out and picked somebody, you guys, and, and it would be sacrilegious because a lot of you guys, right, there are a lot of your listeners would say, mm-hmm. where's the soccer guy? What's soccer? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. 
So, I mean, those are, they're, <laughs> where's like, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, but there's Gretzky. Gretzky, yeah. Your, it's your pick, which is, yeah. you know, and, it, and I said, no, you can't be wrong, but people can, can pick at your pick. And so right. I, I, and, and not right or wrong, but it's like to my, to my point when I heard what you guys both said, by me having my four, I don't want to say I don't think Muhammad Ali or Tiger Woods or Serena Williams would be up there. It's just, I only have four. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Well, it seemed like you, seemed like you made a, uh, a little change when he brought up Tiger Woods. Tiger, for sure. Tiger, okay. And that's just me personally, Tiger, for yeah. sure. And I think it's a generational thing, too. Muhammad Ali, great. I, I just never, you know what I mean? I, I never saw him fight live. I never really followed while it was happening. Yeah. Tiger yeah. was must-watch television. For, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we're both, Sophie and I are 31. So we went over, it was early 2000s. 20 years ago that was must watch television oh yeah this generation so i'm just saying that's why i said tiger woods yeah. had to be ali for me because not only for what he did in the ring sure. but what he did outside the ring of course change social issues and that's what i think is so cool right now about talking about lebron yeah about, I agree. What, about what lebron has done lebron has and people say well Michael Jordan did not have that media platform. Well, no, Michael Jordan did have that media platform. Because mm -hmm. anything Michael said at that time was going to resonate around the world. World, so yep, exactly. Off the hook. He just chose <laughs> not to be that way. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was fair. He didn't have to be that way. And that's what's so cool about LeBron is that he, is, he doesn't duck those issues. As a matter of fact, right. he goes head into those issues yep. and that Cost him a lot of uh, a, a lot of it's got him a lot of fans, but it's also got him a lot of enemies. What were your thoughts on LeBron opting not to go with one of the um, jersey, the custom? You know about this? You can have the custom, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. whatever you want to stand up well, for. I, on your I like the fact. The thing that I, I I agree with LeBron was the fact that what they did, they gave you a collection of like a template. What, what they thought. What they exactly. thought was good, exactly. I can't breathe, or uh, you know, hands, hands up. Mm -hmm. If I'm able, to, if you're going to tell me that I can pick something, that's what I was wondering. But I was like, man, the NBA is opening up a can of worms right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you tell me I can just put anything on the back of my jersey, and I, I said it has to be, uh, it has to be some kind of linguistic uh, police out there who tell you. So for them to give you a template which had maybe six or seven up there yeah. and him not choosing one not wanting to choose one of them i i i totally can believe and and, and go with it yeah I, I don't i had no problem with that him saying well now nah, i think i'm just want to go with my name i yeah. wonder who maybe you know the soapy who made that final call is that the nba's call on like the handful of acceptable like is that a, like yeah. a adam silver call like yeah, that, that probably, from the top? was the nba Probably they also probably talked to the players association. I was gonna they say it must have been a joint. To, yeah, they probably talked to a couple of players and mm. got their got their feel for it, what they wanted. I like the fact they're making a statement. But I'm LeBron. That if I'm LeBron too, and they said, well, here's a, here's here's a sampling of what you can say that you can yeah. put on the back of your jersey. You got five things you can say. I'm like, <laughs> I, I got right. number six. I want to say number yeah. six. Right. Well, we can't use Sorry. it. Sorry. No. You know, for me. We can't never, sell that on NBA.com. Yeah, never, never <laughs> mind. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like when you walk into the gas station looking for, you know how they, like, Coke does those bottles that has everyone's name. It's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, why don't you have my name on there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like they, they basically told them, here's 12 things that we put into a hat. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Pick one on, and stand like, for it all summer. They, they should yeah, have let them – it should have been on an individual basis. I know that's hard with how many players there are. I think that I don't never think work. Have, I don't think you have an individual basis because you have you'd have too many. It would be so distracting, yep. and you lo you lose the message. Mm -hmm. The message is lost. If you get I, hands up, I can't shoot, or I can't breathe, or whatever else you might have said. Maybe two or three others. Okay, the mm -hmm. message is is pretty good. But okay. if you start going out on a tangent, there's gonna be some guy saying. Uh, you know, free the dolphins. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say free, within free reason. Willy. Like, somebody yeah, let's put, keep. Somebody put, somebody put yeah. Willy on the back of this. All right, Mr. Artest, Mr. Artest, you can't put that on your jersey. Yeah, I am. 
Mr. Artez, you can't use world medal. You got rules here. <laughs> yeah. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie is uh, was trying to put something on his the, jersey, the right? debt. I thought yeah. he was supposed to do something about like the yeah, good call. It was like you want to put like twenty six trillion on his so jersey. Fucking stupid. It was about the U.S. debt and like how it's criminal and all this. I don't want to go on a. I don't want to go on a political range or anything. No, no, like no, that. no. And and that and that's Dinwiddie's the hilarious. That that's the point. So the NBA yeah. had to give them a handful of mm-hmm. things that they were going to put on the jersey, yeah. and they pick one of those. So <laughs> I'm LeBron James, and I am socially aware of all these things going on. I might have something else I want to say. So, and, and so if, if that's not the case, then never mind. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still with the, the message. I'm still with the message. But, you know, the message you're trying to put on the back of my jersey, I'm not with that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I felt the same way. I, I, I was hoping this wasn't going to be a big overblown story, which thank God it wasn't. But if, if you follow LeBron, if you follow these guys, they're doing plenty. You, you know where they stand as far as, you know, their stance on on uh, social injustice and stuff like yeah. that yeah well he had already he had the shirt on one time before which was i can't breathe i remember that yeah i can't breathe or, the caps did yeah. yeah yeah he's had those captions on before so i i don't i don't have uh you know a problem with that yeah. just that it needs to be uniform Definitely. and that you look at and is, isn't it so ironic right now uh with uh kaepernick uh, taking the knee, and then the irony of it is that later on, what happened is there's a knee on the back of Mr. Floyd's neck, and he yeah. dies. So, what knee was better? What, which mm-hmm. one? And and how does this? So, I mean, I, I think that's the thing. I, I would that we have to say that sports is a a hodgepodge of things mm-hmm. now, and it's just not you playing your particular sport. It also has to do with the world views. Yep. Well said. Agreed. Soap, what do you got? Um, taking it in a completely different direction. I know <laughs> one thing that Max does love, which is uh at least on the broadcast anyways, he loves him some sandwiches. Isn't that right? Well, <laughs> absolutely. But so, you know what? Yes. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. That you know, I tell people, people say, well, how do you come up with these things that you say all the time <laughs> on your broadcast? Yeah. And I said, I said, well, what happens is that being a radio analyst, your window of opportunity is very, very small. Right. So what I'm looking for is a bang for my buck. Yep. And so if I say the word sandwiches and you remember it, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. ask me, what did you mean by that? Nothing, but you remember. <laughs> you remember. <laughs> it, 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 it works. It, it's, it's a point of excitement. Like somebody said, "Oh my God, give me some Cheetos." You know like, yeah, yeah. Like, got, I remember that you, one. You eat, you eat Cheetos, sir? No, yeah. I eat Cheetos is just a point of of, of excitement that I'm yeah. trying to express to you when I see a game or see a great play. It's like you know, I'm sure that you had sayings that you said before, or yeah. you've heard your father say, or your mother say, or your brother said, and you know, holy crap, or, you know, <laughs> or, you know, bingo, or, or yep. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And what that does, that conveys a sense of excitement to our listeners. So because I have a small window, that's why I might do that. And I always tell people, so, well, how do you come up with that? I said, well, I used to drink a Pepsi, and then I'd have Dippin' Dots. And mm-hmm. you put that together in your mind. That's like jet fuel, man. <laughs> you might, might you might come up with anything. So yeah, yeah. that that that's how the whole thing happened with sandwiches, Cheetos, and, yep. and big girls in the paint, and uh, <laughs> you know, James Harden with his beard, or yeah, uh, just, it's just a point of that you are as an analyst. If mm-hmm. Sean gets excited about something, my point has to be to get just as excited if not more so, to keep a conversation going. So if Sean said, for instance, if Sean went, oh, my God, great play by Tatum. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Cedric. (laughs) Yeah, so you're trying to get get a crescendo. You probably build a wave coming to an ocean. So that's why I use some of the lines that I might use. It might not be I might not be eating it at that time, but 
I could too. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a beauty so, of radio. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and they always say do a broadcast like you're, you know, like you're doing it with a, like you're talking to a friend in a bar. If mm. you're in a bar, you might have a sandwich. You could either hate mm. some chips. The, the other guy's talking, you eat some chips and all of a sudden something happens. You go, oh man. And you got, got to stop. And you, you so yeah, yep. that's how I do it when I start talking about sandwiches. Well, since, you know, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of rhyme or reason to it. If you ever want to be like, oh, Tate, like Grandy, Grandy's like, oh, Tatum hits a, a huge three. Max is like, oh, my God, the Morse code podcast. Like, if you want to do that on accident, I totally understand. We won't sue you, 100%. Yeah, no, no, no cease and desist. Great. That's when Sean Grandy would look at me and go, what? What? <laughs> what? We're going to take a quick time out. <laughs> what did you say? I, I mean, I did one thing. I, I think one time he was saying something, and I'm like, uh, I did something that Ernie Bach Jr. would do. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I went down, Ernie Bach said, you know, yeah. he looked at me like, what? What'd you yeah. say? <laughs> so, so there's 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 things I'll say, and sometimes he'll he'll stop in his tracks yeah. when I say them. Uh, so so I think that's how I I I just I go with the flow. But if I can yeah. mix you guys in there somehow, then maybe. We'll <laughs> do that. Um, we appreciate it. Yeah, but but seriously, so we, we thought about this, an interesting question I'd like to get your take on. So we're both from Nashua, New Hampshire. That's mm -hmm. our, our hometown. There's a really cool bar restaurant there called the Nashua Garden. And I'm sure restaurants do this all over Mass, but they have like some specialty sandwiches for different like local athletes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going through the menu right now. The only one I see on here is one for Larry. It's called Larry's Legend. It's honey maple turkey, capicola, and American cheese. If they were to say, you know what, it's about time we get the Cedric Maxwell on the board. Mm -hmm. what, what, what would the Cedric Maxwell sandwich look like? Cedric Maxwell sandwich would be um, boar's head, honey maple, turkey. Mm -hmm. It would be, um, it would be uh, um, maybe a good cheddar cheese, uh, all this melted in, mm -hmm. uh, some bacon chips, bacon, mm -hmm. yeah, bacon chips. A little bit of lettuce and some honey mustard, and That's I think that would, that would be that would be my that would be my and it had to be toasted though. Like what kind it. of bread? Toasted, yeah. What kind of bread? Whole wheat. I'll try to set you up to say cornbread. <laughs> yeah, cornbread wouldn't do it. That would, <laughs> no, that wouldn't sell too fast. That wouldn't that would do, would do it on the sandwich. I mean, it was it was so funny, you guys that I was talking to um, Jason Tatum when he first got with the team. Mm -hmm. and Jason knew me. He would, you know, speak to me. Well, that year, that's when they had the 30 for 30. Like Lakers yeah. 30 for 30. So he comes out before the game. And he's, he's about to go out shooting. He sees me and he goes, cornbread, cornbread. <laughs> oh, I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? He said, man, I saw that 30 for 30. Damn, you were bad as hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> those things as a player, even my kids look back on it. They're like, man, yeah. did somebody call them? I saw your dad on TV. Or during this pandemic, this has been the most interesting thing. Uh, I was at the, I think I was at Shaw's. And the guy in the meat department sees me and says, man, that game you played the other day, man, you were really good. I said, dude, that was 40 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so the pandemic is kind of with all these old tapes of Celtic games has made us again, some of us older players a little bit more relevant. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a good point. That's really the only thing we've had during this thing is just watch old games again. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> like documentaries that, and shit. And that or Donald Trump. So I think I'll take yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I'll certainly Trump. different ways you could go. <laughs> yeah. So we watch the old sports games. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So no, go ahead before uh, you get us canceled. Yeah. Uh, bringing it back to, to your playing days, dude, how did you play in Converse's? How did you play in Chuck Taylor's? At the garden of the all the garden fours. court compared oh. to like what these guys are playing in, in new sneakers every game. <laughs> shit. Well, my 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 first my first game, um, uh, my first shoe that I was in the league actually was Nike, mm. and then on the back of it, man, it would be great to have. But Nike had cornbread on the back of it, oh. so it was it was really cool. And then I went from that shoe, I think I went to Pony, and mm. 
both of them were pretty much at that time they were like cement blocks both of them yeah. so um so I, I don't think anybody really got any traction or anything uh-huh. I remember larry bird was the one who was first like you know the whole thing about lifting his feet up and then wiping off the bottom of his shoe he's always he always did that but mm-hmm. very seldom you know shoes didn't affect anybody i think the best story about that was hearing the one about spencer haywood Spencer Haywood was a former player in the NBA, <laughs> and Spencer Haywood, uh, Nike came to him at that time, mm-hmm. and they said we can, we'll either they wanted him to wear the shoes, so they offered him a hundred thousand dollars a year, or they offered him ten percent of the company. He took the hundred thousand. Now the ten percent mm-hmm. is worth about six billion dollars. <laughs> so I think that. That was the story that you're going, oh, my goodness. That's mm. how you get shortchanged. Well, let me ask you this real quick, just as sneakerheads. The, the logo that they had on the back of your shoe, was it like a – was it just written? Or did was there like a little picture of cornbread? Like what did that look like? No, no, it was just written. The words Ooh. cornbread was kind of in the arc. Do you so, still have a pair of them? Oh, no, I don't even know. Uh, Do you have any pictures? No, no, I don't even have any uh. pictures. You know, very seldom I kept any of that stuff back really? in the day. Mm. You know, I, I could tell you guys, one of the most unique stories I think that I had, and I've told this on my podcast, um, there was a, a, we were playing the uh, Houston Rockets at the time. And um, at that time, you had to stay overnight. Every team stayed overnight. Mm-hmm. And uh, after you played, because we didn't have the big planes that left right after the game, and and so um, I lived out in Framingham at the time. We had played the Rockets. I was uh, I had gone uh, home. We beat them. Gone home about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I, there was somebody knocking on my door. I was like, "Damn, I wonder who that is." And it was a player from the Houston Rockets. And um, he said, "Just say his name." We just say his name was John Williams. Mm-hmm. I said, John, he said, John Williams. I said, oh, John? He's from the Houston Rockets. So I opened the door, and he's with this other guy. And um, and I said, yo, what's up? He said, you got any uh, bacon powder? I'm like, bacon powder? I was like, no, nah, I was about 22 years old. I'm like, bacon powder? No, I ain't, I ain't got no bacon powder. I'm thinking like my mind, like, damn, what, what, what they cooking right now? <laughs> you guys making cookies? Bacon powder. You got any? You got any ammonia? I'm like ammonia. <laughs> they Kill somebody? They, what are they cooking? And they cleaning? I, I didn't know. So I finally said no, and they walked away. So I get back to to um, next morning. I see my players at practice. I said, man, do you know that uh, he came to my room and he asked me for some baking powder and ammonia, and said, you idiot. They were they were smoking crack. That's what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, nice. I was like, they cooking, cooking and cleaning in the house nice. at this time of morning. What are you doing here? So a- NBA in the eighties, right? Oh my God. <laughs> in the eighties, they were fantastic. Yeah. Goodness gracious. We That's had, good we shit. had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of questions about crack loaded up. So I'm glad that, I'm glad <laughs> that you went ahead and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'm <know>, just kidding. <laughs> Trying to get you all encompassed about yeah, yeah. I love it. at the time. Yeah, I tell you guys one of the best stories. If mm-hmm. you have time, yeah, we got it, time. It's your time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a, here, here's, you got. A, here, here's the best story. Um, nineteen, it was nineteen eighty. Could have been nineteen eighty-one. Uh, at that time, uh, the Rolling Stones were were touring America, mm-hmm. so we had an exhibition game that year. And as you had at that time, the NBA was crazy. We had an exhibition game in Seattle. So I went out uh, seeing this girl in Seattle, and we flew in Seattle, and you know, we do a man, you know, man woman thing, you know, what you get mm-hmm. together to do. I got you. you. Know, young, younger, younger guy, you know, right. young guy, younger girl. Dinner, so, walk in the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, poetry, poetry read. Mm. And uh, so, so after the poetry was over, I told her, I said, why don't you go back to your, go back home, and then get dressed, and I'll take you out to dinner. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So she leaves, and about half hour later, Eric Bernstein, who played with me, uh, he calls me, says, Max, I got two tickets for the Rolling Stones. And, and at that time, they were doing it in the kingdom. 
big place out there, helped 200,000 people. So I'm all excited. Man, yeah, I want to go see him. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. I want to go see the Rolling Stones. So he said, okay, okay. And so I called her up and I'm like, well, you know, I can't take you now out to dinner. Oh, oh, one of those things. You're going to come in town, screw me, and then you're going to just drop me off. I'm like, well, it's Rolling Stones. I'm thinking like, you know, my God, you got to understand this. Have never seen a Rolling Stones. Yeah, you know what? I'm coming down to that hotel. So I said, no, nah, you don't need to come in and cause trouble. So maybe 30 minutes later, knock on my door. It's her. I got that padlock thing up there and I opened it. I was like, well, yeah, what do you want? She's like, I, I just wanna I wanna talk to you. I said, like, no, nah, you wanna call. She said, no, please just let me. So, you know, as a man, I take the lock off. She was about about five, three kicked the door, just flew open, ran in the room, said, you know, I, right now, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm six foot eight. You <laughs> so I said, no, in my mind, I know I got to get out of the room. So I said, I got to go to Eric's room. So I go to Eric's room. She's behind me and she's walking down the hall. Now, this is during the 80s. Walking down the hall, she says, if I was you, I wouldn't walk too fast. This gun might go off in your back. So uh, yeah, whatever. So I keep walking. I get to Eric's room. She's cussing me out up and down. He opens the door. She stops talking. I walk in. She takes, follows me in, takes a seat. And I forget my key in my haste to get out. I said, Eric, can you get my key down at the lobby? So I give him my ID. He goes down. So now he closes the door. She starts cussing me out again. Jumps up off the bed, grabs his Rolling Stone tickets, which he left on the on the counter, grabs them, rips them up, and oh, flushes them no. in the toilet. Now, my mind, I'm like, oh. I'm thinking, first of all, I got to tell a white guy he's not going to see the Rolling Stones. That was, <laughs> that was the first thing I was thinking in my mind. And then she walks out the room. She's like, I'm not through with you yet. I'm like, damn, what can she do what next? Else? <laughs> on, man, what, what's next? So Eric comes back. He goes, oh, no, you stole my ticket. Eric, you know I wouldn't steal your tickets. I said, mm -hmm. what you do? He said, well, we need to have her arrested. I said, Eric, that's just, you know, as as we like to do, gentlemen, like to do, let's let it rest, okay? Let's, mm -hmm. let's let that one die. So go scout some tickets. He goes, I go back to my room probably by, and that's, probably about 10 o'clock and 10 o'clock at night there. So my body was still on East Coast time. So I was exhausted. It was about 1.30 in the morning, two here. I get the call from the coach about 11 o'clock. He said, Max, you okay? I said, yeah, coach, I'm fine. He said, you sure you okay? I said, I'm fine. I said, what's going on? Well, he said, five minutes ago, this girl just called here and said, you raped her. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Now, nothing ever happened that, about it, but you think of it, put it this way. What would happen if social media had been in my life at that time? Oh, oh done. God. That's what these guys got to worry about now, especially in this, this bubble. Oh, yeah. man, you think about trying, you think of them, some of those young men, and, and, you know, I didn't want, I didn't, Stephen A. Smith put it the right way when he, I didn't want him to say it, but he did. He said, how are they going to get some of these women in? with these young men and sneak them into their rooms. How are they going to do that? And still, we'll find out. they got they got a 1-800 number, the mm -hmm. hotline number for players telling on players. Yep. It's, it, that, bubble thing, that bubble thing is going to be interesting at best. It certainly will. Um, wow. It certainly will. I was, I was expecting a punchline, um, but that was nothing to laugh about at the end. <laughs> Oh, it, it was it was a punchline. The punchline was I got punched. That was how it worked. Out. <laughs> he was the punchline. <laughs> what? Um, what? Cool. So yeah, no. Uh, in 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 short, no Rolling Stones for uh, <laughs> for the for those young guys. Maybe next time. Never got a chance to see Mick Jagger live. No, well, good news is he's immortal, so he'll probably be touring for another two hundred years yeah, once we get back yeah, to normal. Yeah. But if we get him on the show, we'll we'll invite you back. <laughs> Well, I'll make sure I'm not with some woman and then trying yeah. to <laughs> No shit. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't we'll make it we'll make it a safe that. environment. Um yeah. but I, I know you got a role, man. I, I think you have another interview coming up or something like that. But mm -hmm. uh 
thanks for coming on, man. Seriously, this, this was an honor being able to chop it up, chop it up with you about this stuff. Um, really good insight on some Celtic stuff, some stuff from back in the day. Before we let you go, Cedric, I want to make sure you give you the platform. Where can people, uh, where can people find you on social media or on the airwaves and whatnot? Well, if you want to find me on social media, my podcast is, um, it's the real Cedric Maxwell. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get on uh, YouTube, you can get on the internet, you can mm-hmm. go to all these different sites. So it's, it's pretty, cool. pretty easy. I had some great interviews, one with Robert Parrish, which was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Robert told me a great story about him and Michael Jordan, which I, I loved. He said that he was, he said he was playing against my, he was playing with Michael when his last years when he's with the uh, Chicago Bulls. And he said that um, he was on the first team with Michael. He won the first game. And then Phil Jackson put Robert Parrish on the second squad. So they went on to beat Michael Jordan's team three times Mm -hmm. in a row. And uh, as Robert likes to do, everybody didn't know how funny Chief was, but as he's walking off the floor, he looks at Michael and said, hey, Michael, how you like them ass whoopings we put on you? Oh, no. (laughs) And Michael, Michael being competitive as he was, Robert said, Michael turned to him and said, you know what? You keep talking, I'll kick your ass. And Robert's like, you and who else? <laughs> so <laughs> and he was talking about how Michael Jordan essentially was a tyrant at yeah. that time. And that was just really interesting to see what he was saying. Nice. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. But um, again, thank yeah. you for coming on, man. Appreciate your time. We'd love to have you back sometime. All right, guys. Have a good one. Cool. Thank you. All Thanks, right. appreciate it. All right, bye-bye. We out of here, baby. We out of here, baby. We out of here, baby. Swag out of honey climbing, baby. Yeah, lights of a dawn, lights keep glowing. Coming in the club with that fresh shit on, with something crazy on my arm. Uh-uh-uh. And here's another hit, Barry Bond.